when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. <laughs> Let's go, Raider Nation, and welcome to Just Pod Baby with your host, Evan Grove. Just Pod Baby is part of the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, brought to you by SP Nation. Give me a follow on Twitter at egrove5, and check us out at silverandblackpride.com for all the latest news involving your Oakland Raiders, or should I say the Las Vegas Raiders now. We are back after a week off, and there's plenty going on and plenty to talk about. It's going to be just you and me tonight. Uh, for the next 30 to 40 minutes, we'll sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, since last time you heard from me, the Raiders have gone on to lose two more games. That makes four straight now, 42-21 to the Titans and 20-16 to to the Jaguars. Both games at home, I might add. And I want to start with last week's uh, second-half collapse in what was the final game ever played uh, in Oakland at the Coliseum. It was a dominant first half Uh the passing offense was was on point. Carr was on fire. Uh, he threw for 221 yards and a touchdown in the first half. The defense was 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 playing with a lot of uh, aggression and a lot of emotion. Um, really, really playing well in all phases of the game. Um, the defense held Jacksonville the two first downs in the half and only a field goal. Um, if there was one aspect, though, of the first half that I could be a little bit critical with, uh, it would be that in addition to that opening uh, touchdown that they had, the 40-yard pass from Carr to Tyrell Williams, there were three other times that the offense made trips into the red zone. And on all three of those occasions, uh, it resulted in field goals. And um, you know, this is something that I don't think has been discussed enough in the days, you know, after the game, it didn't get brought up enough, in my opinion. I think it was a major, a major. Uh, it played a major impact in the game, or major role in the game, I should say. Far too many points were left out there on the field, and it proved to be very costly. Uh, the the second half uh, was a completely different story, and this is something that we have now been seeing since week twelve. This is a trend now. This is a trend, and. Uh, Again, since week 12, the Raiders have been outscored in the second half 78-9, to scoring just one touchdown in that time, and that came in the second half against the, the Chiefs. Um, and, of course, that was the issue again in this game. Uh, 17 unanswer- unanswered points by the Jaguars. Uh, the defense did come out and force a 3 now on the Jaguars' first possession of the second half, but then allowed a field goal a touchdown and a touchdown, and uh, you know, on the, on the following three drives, offensively, the passing attack after after throwing for 222 yards in the first half, was only able to manage 45 yards in the second half. I mean, they really they only possessed the ball f- uh, four times in the second half, and uh, one of those possessions includes the four play drive uh, in the final 30 seconds of the game. 
So it was just really, in my opinion, it was a combination of a lot of different things going wrong. The defense not getting the stops when they needed them. I thought the defense played very well throughout the course of the game, but there were some moments there in the second half where they just needed to get off the field and and they were not able to do so. And then when you combine that with the struggles that the offense had, they weren't able to put points on the board. They weren't able able to you know establish some some good drives. Um, you know that this is what happens. Now I thought another very critical moment in the game came in the third quarter. Um, at the time, there was eight fifty nine left in the in the quarter, and the Raiders were leading sixteen to three. They had the ball on the Jacksonville forty nine yard line. Uh, it was fourth and one, and I remember at the time yelling at the TV, "Go for it! Go for it!" Uh, you know, I was thinking it was a, it, it, you know, they could put them away here at this point. And obviously, Gruden opted to punt the ball away. Now, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, but but to me, again, that was an opportunity for them to to kind of finish them off, go for the kill. I mean, I looked at it as, what do you have to lose? You, you you're six and seven. The playoffs are highly unlikely at this point, although they have not been mathematically eliminated yet. It, it was still a long shot, even last week, even if they were to win the game. Um, you're playing your final game ever in Oakland. Let's be a little aggressive here. Let, let's let's play aggressive. You know, Gruden talked about it after the game. He said he didn't regret the decision. Um, he said, you know, he, he stands by his decision, and I, and I understand his logic. Uh, he thought that the Jaguars' offense had struggled badly in the first half, the defense was playing very well. I get it. But at the same time, an argument can be made, you know, for going for it. Uh, the same reasoning, the same logic that he used. The offense was playing great in the first half as well. They were moving the ball, 222 yards passing. You know, Jacobs wasn't wasn't going off, but we're talking one yard here. Let's be aggressive. You know, it's easy for me to sit here and say this. I understand that. But, you know, I I, I'm, I did want him to go for it at the time. And then the next game-changing play that occurred in the half uh, had to have been the, the missed call on, on the second and nine. Derek Carr kept the read option. He tucked it, ran around the outside, picked up 12 yards, clearly gave himself up inbounds. Somehow the referees saw it differently. Don't know how. Uh, again, with all the technology that we have out there, somehow uh, this call was not able to be uh, corrected. I, I, you know, it's pretty funny. I saw a still picture of the play uh, the other day. Someone posted it on Twitter. You know, car clearly down in bounds, and there were two refs standing right there. Not one, but two refs standing right there and somehow that call was still blown and it was a major play in the game the clock stopped at 205 gave the Jaguars a free timeout basically uh, they didn't have to use their last timeout not that they would have anyways because the clock would have ran to the two-minute warning um, and to make matters worse in all of the confusion that went on after the play the Raiders get penalized for a delay of game so now you're looking at first and 15 rather than a first and 10 uh, and and you know things got worse uh, they decided to settle for a field goal Daniel Carlson missed the first attempt from 50 yards 
uh, was given a second opportunity after running into the kicker was called. So now he's looking at a 45-yard field goal, and he misses that one too. So it was just a complete collapse. You know how the rest of the game went. I'm not going to bring that up. I'm not going to make you relive that. It was just a disaster. There's really no other way to describe it, and I'm not going to sit here and try to do that anymore. Um, There are two other quick things I do want to mention about the game that I think need to be discussed. Um, And that is obviously the fans and their reaction after the game, in particularly uh, how they booed Derek Carr as he was walking off the field. And, you know, here are my two cents on it. I would not call myself a Carr apologist at all. I've made my feelings known about him, uh, whether it was over social media or right here on this this show. I think he's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. Um, I I don't think he makes the people around him better. You know, I, I, I think there are many quarterbacks in the league who we've seen that can take a mediocre or even a bad group of wide receivers and still make it work. I've used the example of Russell Wilson many times. Now, I think his 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 weapons are much improved this year, but if you think about who he's been throwing the ball to over the years, a lot of no-name receivers, and I think that he just makes it work. I think he makes the team, you know, the players around him better. Um, you know, look what Carson Wentz has been able to do the last couple of weeks. You know, he doesn't have great weapons around him, and he's still finding ways to to win games down the stretch. Um, I I don't think Derek Carr will ever be the guy that will lead this team to a Super Bowl or or anything close to it. You know, maybe could he could get them into the playoffs? Could he sneak him into a playoffs? Yeah, maybe. But I just don't think he is the long term answer going forward. Now, that doesn't mean that he won't be there next year. I don't you know, I don't have that answer right now, but um, I just don't see him being the guy for the next couple of years, at least. Uh, but that's a that's a discussion for a number another day. I, I think after six years, we know what we're going to get from Derek Carr. I think we've we've seen the best of him, and I, I'm not quite sure if we'll ever you know get that level of Derek Carr again. And I'm talking about the 2016 Carr. Uh, that being spe- uh, said, I respect the heck out of the guy. Uh, he clearly puts everything he has into the game. Um, you know, the struggles that he has had the last couple of years are clearly not from lack of effort or preparation. Um, I just think it was the wrong move for the fans to boo him. I don't think it was deserved. Um, I, you know, I do understand the frustration of the fans as well. They pay a lot of money to go to these games. Uh, they invest a lot of time and energy. Um and I think, you know, the way the whole thing kind of unraveled at the end, it was a major shocker to everyone. And obviously, I I think the the emotions really got the best of the fans. Um, and I think they forget, you know, they how easily they forget that just a couple minutes prior to the end, the game being over, Carr made what was arguably the the play of the game at the time. You know, the 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 read option where he took it around the end, you know that that might have iced the game right there. That run, you know, had the referees not made that horrendous call. So, um, you know, I do think it really bothers Carr as well. That's another thing I want to mention. As much as he's, you know, not trying to let you know that, 
you know, I, I listen to all these press conferences. I, I've seen probably every press conference on Derek Carr's ever done. And when I look at him in this, the, the interviews that he did after the game and the interview that he did on, uh, on Wednesday, to me, you can just see it in his body language, the, the tone of his voice. Um, he again, he's really playing it off as if he doesn't care that this is nothing new. You know, when the, this this happens all the time with the fans. You know, when when we lose, this is nothing different. But I'm telling you right now, it, it's eating him alive inside that he was booed off the field the last time he'll ever be on that field. I, I know it's eating him up inside. The final thing I want to talk about. Um, is the lack of second-half adjustments. And that's just not happening in this game. We talked about the trend earlier. I gave you the number, 78-9. to 9, The Raiders are outscored in second half since Week 12. Again, I, you know, I, I don't have the answer. I, I don't know what's going on inside that locker room at halftime. But these adjustments are not being made. You hear people talking about it all the time, how important it is uh, for coaches to be able to make second half adjustments when the, when the when the team when your opponent is is adjusting to the things that you're doing you have to be able to counter counter those moves in the second half and that is something that Gruden and his coaches have not been able to do uh recently recently and um you know we see how the offense does well in the first half or particularly the first drive, the opening drive with those scripted uh, offensive drives, you know, things are going great. But when adjustments need to be made, things are falling apart for this team. So, you know, I'm really tired of hearing from Gruden, it's on me. You know, I got to do a better job. Don't, you know, he's trying to take all the blame and I get it. Uh, but I, I'm sick and tired of it. You know, enough is enough. I want to see you make it happen, okay? Make it happen. All right, we're going to step aside real quick. When we return, we will discuss some of the this week's headlines and what needs to happen for the Raiders to make the playoffs. Yes, that's right. The Raiders are still in the hunt. It's still a possibility. Don't go away. All right, welcome back to Just Pod Baby with Evan Grote. Uh, the first bit of news that I want to get to surrounds right tackle Trent Brown. Uh, I'll start with the bad news first. Brown was placed in IR this week. Uh, he's been dealing with the uh, injured pectoral. His season is now going to be over. Uh, that injury was just not getting any better. And I think the coaches wisely and the trainers decided that it was time to to shut him down. I think you know we we the, the team has invested in him in him for the long term. I think he's going to be a big part of this team going forward. And I just don't see the point of risking him, you know, further injury. Just shut him down. And let him get healthy for next season. It was, it was a tough season for Brown. He, I mean, he was battling injuries all season long. Uh, he was a staple on the weekly injury report. You you would find him on there weekly. Uh, he played well, went healthy, but just just could never could just never stay out of the training room. And uh, he battled numerous injuries, most notably uh, the knee and and now this pectoral. Um, so, you know, his season's over. Uh, the good news is um, he was selected to the Pro Bowl along with Rodney Hudson. Uh, the two offensive linemen were the lone players to uh, make the roster for the AFC. However, there were a few alternates that were selected. Darren Waller, uh, Josh Jacobs, and Alec, oh, I'm sorry, Alec Ingold, as well as Richie Incognito. And they are all very well-deserving players, obviously, having great seasons. 
With Trent Brown headed to the IR, uh, the Raiders did fill his roster spot on the 53 uh, with a new linebacker who they signed off of um, practice squad. I think it was uh, the Jets, the Jets practice squad. Uh, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's name. When you see the name for yourself, you'll you'll know why. Uh, it's not an easy one, and I'm not going to uh, you know try to embarrass myself here by butchering that man's name. So go ahead and check it out. You know this is more of a depth signing, maybe some special teams. I would not expect to see this guy getting many snaps at all. All right, the next order of business is talking about. Uh, the, the the Raiders' chances of making the playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. Uh, that that classic clip there from uh, Jim Mora when he was with the Colts. Um, yeah, that's probably what many of you are thinking when you hear me say Raiders in the playoffs. But uh, you know. It's for real. The Raiders are still mathematically, they have not been eliminated. Um, and it seems like this team's got nine lives. You know, they, it just seems like no matter what happens, this team continues to stay alive somehow. It, how is it possible that a team has been uh, embarrassed the way they've been embarrassed these last four weeks and somehow they're still alive in the playoff hunt? Uh, it really goes to show you how weak the AFC is this year. I mean, really, it, it's just a the conference is is very is having a very down year, really. Uh, but anyhow, here are uh, some of the scenarios that need to occur for this to happen. Starting this weekend in Week 16, this is what needs to occur. First of all, the Raiders have to handle their own business. They have to win over the Chargers. Which, which seems very likely. I mean, the Chargers are, are not playing well right now at all. Seems like it it's, could happen. Uh, the Ravens need to win over the Browns. The Jets need to win over the Steelers. The Saints need a win over the Titans. And the Colts need a win over the Panthers. All very, very likely. Um, I don't see any game there that, that I, you know, look at that scares me at all, in other words. Um, week 17, this is the scenario that needs to play out. The Raiders need to win uh, over the Broncos. That game is going to be at mile high. The next two for the Raiders are on the road. The Browns need to win over the Bengals. The Ravens, again, need to win, this time over the Steelers. The Texans need to beat the Titans, who they just beat uh, what last week. Okay. And the Colts need to win over the Jaguars. Okay, so those are your scenarios in weeks 16 and 17 that need to occur. Uh, the funny thing is to me, as bad as the as things have been, you know, for the Raiders these past four weeks, you know, during this this four game uh, meltdown. Again, you're going to call me crazy, but when I look at that schedule, I I, I, could, I think it could actually happen. Um, I don't think it will. Um, but when I look at these matchups and the way the it needs to play out, I just think it seems possible when you look at it on paper. Um, obviously, anything can happen when you play these games. Um, but again, when I look at these matchups, I don't see a game that I that I look out look at and I say, oh, you know, forget it. That one, that's just not going to happen. I, I don't, I don't see a game. So, um, 
you know, these are the games that you're going to want to keep an eye on uh, definitely this weekend and, and hopefully into next weekend. You know, I'm just trying to have some fun with it. Um, and, and I I, rec- I hope that you guys try to as well. You know, it's been a it's been a tough stretch. You know, things were looking so promising at 6-4. and four. I think this team was overachieving. Let's be honest. They were overachieving. And even during that three-game win streak, look at the teams they beat. They beat the Bengals by a touchdown. They beat the... Uh, the Lions on a last-second play, and they beat the Chargers on a last-second play. So so they beat three real bad teams, but still, you know, they, they, we, we were feeling good about the team. They were sitting at 6-4. and four. The, the playoffs were a possibility. Um, but, you know, things have totally uh, you know, fallen apart since then. But, but try to have some fun with it. Try to find some hope to latch on to and... and you know, what I want to see is if this team can show some fight in these final two games. That's really what I'm looking for. And and the fact of the matter is they're, they're still technically into it. So, again, let's try to enjoy it. Uh, okay, in the final segment here, I'm going to take a look at the Week 16 injury report and preview the matchup with the Chargers. Blue 42! Blue 42 set! Hey! All right, I've got the... Uh, Friday injury report, the final injury report here going into uh, Sunday's game. Um, Not a whole lot going on as far as the Chargers are concerned. Um, Two players, uh, their game statuses are listed. uh, Tackle Russell Okung with a growing injury who was listed as doubtful. He has not participated in practice at all this week. Um Running back Justin Jackson, I think he's the would be the third option after uh, Melvin Gordon and Eckler. He's listed as questionable. He he was limited all week. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, other than that, uh, no one else really in question their status for the game. Uh, the Raiders, on the other hand, uh, I already mentioned Trent Brown. He is going to be. Uh, his season's over, so he will not be available this week. It will probably be Brandon Parker again. I have not heard otherwise. Um, three players listed as out already. Big blows right here to the team here. Guard Richie Incognito, he is out with that ankle injury. He did not participate all week. He's out. It'll be Denzel Good filling in for him. We've actually seen Good play well this year, so... Um, you know, while it's a big loss not to have Incognito out there, I do I do feel confident with with Denzel Good filling in for him. Josh Jacobs also uh, will be out. That shoulder just uh, you know continues to to nag him. And and personally, uh, I think he should be shut down. I thought they should have shut him down last week. I think it's foolish to be running him out there. This doesn't make sense. He is the centerpiece of this offense for years to come, and why risk further injury? Just just shut it down, okay? Uh, so I'm actually happy that he's not playing, and I hope he doesn't play next week either. Whether there's a playoff, uh, you know, berth on the line, I don't want to see that kid play anymore this year. And uh, the last player that's listed as out is Markel Lee. So that was uh, short-lived for him. He comes back, plays one game, and now he's, he's out again with a different injury. This time it's a toe injury, so... That guy just cannot stay healthy this year. But uh, So those are the three Raiders who are listed as out. Um, one other thing I do want to mention, Hunter Renfro, it looks like he's going to play this week. He was limited uh, Wednesday and Thursday, got a full practice in on Friday. So he should be he should be active this week, which which should uh, you know 
give the receiving group a big, big bump. Uh, him and Derek Carr were doing some good things together prior to Renfro's rib and, and lung injury. So it'll be nice to see Renfro getting back out there, uh, you know, getting some action. And finally, for a quick preview of Sunday's game, the Chargers are 7.5-point favorites right now. Uh, they have not played well themselves uh, recently. They have lost four out of their last five. And during that time span, Phillip Rivers has thrown 11 interceptions, uh, which includes the three that he threw against the, you know, the Raiders the last time these two teams met. Uh, another area where the Chargers have continued to struggle badly is uh, in protecting Rivers. 14 times Rivers has been sacked. Uh, and again, that does include the five sacks against the Raiders just a few weeks ago. So I think, you know, the keys to the game are, are, are pretty similar to what we saw the last time. I think, you know, can the Raiders force Rivers into turning the ball over? That's going to be key. Uh, can the pass rush get after Rivers, apply some pressure, force him into some bad decisions. We all know that Rivers is is prone to to making some bad decisions from, from time to time, and especially as of late. Melvin Gordon had a pretty big game last time, uh, carrying the ball 22 times, 108 yards, and a touchdown. And, of course, you, you can't let Keenan Allen get loose. He was not a huge factor the first time around. I think Trayvon Mullen will have a, a huge test this week trying to keep uh, Allen in check. Now the big question for the offense is where does the production come from? You know, No Josh Jacobs is, is a huge loss. Um, you're going to have Denzel Good and Brandon Parker both starting on the offensive line. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, they're going to be licking their chops at the chance to go up against Parker. And uh, that could potentially be a major issue in this game if uh, if he can't improve uh, upon his, his game that he had last week because it was not very good. This could be one of those games where um, I talked about how Carr needs to make players around him better. This could be a game where he the offense is only going to go as far as, as Carr will take them. And it's, it's not a very good matchup by the numbers. The Chargers' pass defense is one of the best in the league. Uh, they're ranked fourth, actually giving up only 197 yards passing a game. I believe Derek Carr threw for 207 in the first meeting. And this is why I think it's it's crucial that the defense you know, need to force some turnovers, uh, needs to get after Carr, hopefully you know, creating some more opportunities uh, for the offense. Uh, although the game is being played in Los Angeles, it will have the feel of a you know, a home game. Raider Nation travels well, so I would expect the the place to be packed with silver and black. Um, but I am going to make a prediction here, and and although uh, I, I do feel this is a winnable game, and you know, you heard me talking about how you know all the different scenarios that need to play out in order for uh, you know the Raiders to, to clinch a playoff berth. I I feel like on paper, when you look at the matchups, I think it's something that I could see happening, but. You know, if I'm if I'm gonna give you a prediction here, um, you know, I I want it to be a logical one, and I I just don't think, um, you know, I think the injuries to the offensive line and the loss of Josh Jacobs will really be too much to overcome this week for the Raiders. Uh, I have the Chargers winning twenty eight seventeen. All right, Raider Nation, it is time to wrap up this week's episode of Just Pod Baby with Evan Grote. You can expect to hear from me next week 
one last time in the 2019 season. I'll preview next week's game, the final game of the season. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in this week. Hope you enjoyed the show. And I do want to wish everyone out there a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Hope everyone has a, a great weekend. Enjoy the game on Sunday. And as always, just win, baby.